Welcome to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat, where I talk to entrepreneurs and business people from all walks of life and all levels of success, from millionaires to the people who are just starting out and everyone in between. My objective is not only to learn about their businesses and goals, but about their challenges and fears as well, all with the hopes of helping them and you find a pathway to success. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm really glad you're joining me today for a conversation with my new friend, Xander Fryer. And Xander has a really interesting story he's going to share with us today. After quitting his successful corporate job, Xander started a company called Shit You Don't Learn in College, a coaching company designed to inspire and empower entrepreneurs with the skills and tools to build impactful business and pursue their true purpose in life. And I have been all about purpose lately, so this should be very interesting. When in its first four months, shit you don't learn in college grew to be a six-figure business. And in only six months, the company held its first week-long retreat with 250 attendees and celebrated its first six-figure month within 12 months. That's exciting. I am definitely interested in learning more about this. Uh, So Xander, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on and, and hear more about this. I'm always just fascinated to hear different stories and especially uh, for people that have, uh, I'm, I'm always interested in talking to people who sort of have grew up as entrepreneurs and always been entrepreneurs because that's very different from me. I grew up, my parents were teachers and it was all about getting an education and a job. Yeah. And then I discovered entrepreneurship later and moved into that. So I'm even probably even more intrigued by people like you and like me who came from the corporate world and then threw it all away and made that leap into entrepreneurship. Because oh, it's, it's so easy to get comfortable in that life and just kind of continue down that path for sure. Exactly, exactly. So tell us your story, man. How did, how did all this come about? Oh, man. I'll, I'll give as much of the abbreviated version as I can. But, you know, like, I think like a lot of people that end up in the corporate world, for me, it, it all started out, you know, like in high school, I was really good at math. So that question, like, what are you going to do with your life was pretty easy. It was like, I'm going to be an engineer. Right. So I went to UCLA for electrical engineering. But while I was while I was at UCLA, I actually I had to pay for my college tuition. So I joined Air Force ROTC. And it was in Air Force ROTC where I really kind of started to, you know, you talked about purpose. I really started to like find a little bit more purpose in my life. And it was it was leading others and mentoring others in the Air Force that, you know, I really found a passion around. So I was actually going to join the Air Force after college. I was going to be a fighter pilot. I was, you know, a top cadet at uh, in the Air Force ROTC, got Top Gun Award when I went through field training. And then I made, you know, one of the, actually, now I look back, one of the best decisions of my life, but also one of the worst decisions of my life, my senior year, I actually got a DUI and was kicked Ooh. out of the Air Force. Yeah, I had a, you know, had three beers while out with some friends catching up, decided that I was okay to drive home and I wasn't. So I say this podcast is starting out well. No one's ever said to me getting a DUI was the best, one of the best decisions. It's, you know, look, well, that was, that was over a decade ago. And right. I look looking back, looking back. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you know, thank God I, you know, think not thank God I did that, but thank God that happened because I would not be doing what I'm doing now had that not. Mm. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you when I was sitting in that drunk tank as a 21 year old kid, that was not fun. No. <laughs> you know, just my whole life just like just disintegrated before my eyes in a matter of, you know, an hour or so. Right. So that was, that was pretty hard for me as a kid. And, and, you know, when you're, when you're 21 and you lose, you know, I had my next 20 years planned. Right. So I basically, at that point, I did what any 21 year old kid would do that just had their whole, like, you know, the rug pulled out from under them and, 
took my, took my college degree, my electrical engineering degree, and I, I followed everybody else into the corporate world. So I ended up working for Cisco Systems, if you know Cisco Systems. I ended up working for Cisco for the next five or six years as a systems engineer and, and account executive. So I covered companies like NBC, Comcast, Disney, Sony, and you know, did very well there. I took all these skills that I had learned you know, in Air Force and in engineering and you know, a lot of other places, sports, obviously, and I applied it to my corporate, corporate job and, and saw a lot of success very early on in my career. I mean, I had, I had a standing... Uh, standing meeting with the CIO of Disney as like a 26 year old kid, but every you know every year and like every promotion or raise and everything that was happening, you know it, it seemed like I should feel successful, but I didn't. You know it was like what what everybody told me was success, I had, but I didn't feel successful. I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy. You know every time I got a raise, it was just like okay, celebrate, go get around a tequila shots, and then what next? Back to work for the next raise, right? And you know, at, at some point there, I kind of realized like there's got to be more than this. And that was kind of, kind of when I started to really realize that there, there was something else outside of this. And I could have, you know, it wasn't like I had a dead end job. I was actually, you know, great at what I did. I was climbing the ranks. I had, you know, all these promotions laid out in front of me, but I, I kind of realized that there was something else. So that's when I really started to open up, you know, my mind to, to entrepreneurship, if that makes sense. And what was it that, that opened your mind to entrepreneurship? Oh. When you come from that background, you go down the, the corporate world, like you think there must be something else. It's usually there must be another job. So there, there was an absolute trigger. You're right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I say the way I put it, it's like there was a buildup. You know, there was like clearly I was just getting more and more comfortable with the idea that like this wasn't it. Like I was like Some, something's not right. Something's not right over a couple of years. And then um, I actually had a mentor of mine who was an entrepreneur, you know, actually you know, he asked me, you know, we were, we were hanging out and he travels the world as a speaker, makes seven figures. And he asked me, he said, Xander, you know, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And that was, that was really the question that kind of opened me up. He said, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And I told him, I said, you know, honestly, I'd, I'd mentor and I'd coach full time. I don't know what the hell that means, but that's what I do. Cause that, that to me, to my core, that's what I am. And I even try to do that at Cisco. You know, I lead the mentorship program, but it's only about like, five, 10% of my time. And so he asked me, he said, well, why aren't you doing that right now? And I, I told him, I gave him an answer. I said, well, I've got this great momentum. I'm being paid a lot. You know, uh, you know, I've got all this stuff going on in my current role and I don't, you know, I don't want to kill that momentum. And even as I told him that he kind of like, he kind of knew, and I kind of knew, I kind of felt like, as I told him that, that I was, that was a lie. And he, the, the thing that he told me that really sh- like shifted me and changed my life uh, he said, just because there's a path laid out in front of you, does that mean you should walk it? And just because, just because you're good at something, does that mean you should do it? And he goes, Xander, you know the difference between you and me? And I, you know, I kind of like jokingly was like, well, you make a hell, hell of a lot more money than I do, right? And he, he, goes, he goes, the difference between you and me is I'm actually living my dream. And ever since you got kicked out of the Air Force, you've just been dreaming yours. Whoa. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I was, I was 27 at that time mm-hmm. and he, you know, I had, I had this big inflated ego and confidence about how successful I was. I was being paid over $200,000 a year. And he basically was just like, dude, you're a scared little kid. And he was right. Like he kind of, he kind of pointed out to me that, you know, all the decisions, no matter like what I had externally, all the decisions that I had made up to that point since getting kicked out of the air force, Every decision I'd been making was from a place of fear. It was not, you know, from a place of purpose, from a place of, you know, intention. 
and that was really, that was really what opened me up. I actually, you know, I think that was on a Saturday that Sunday. I, I legitimately couldn't stop thinking about that conversation that Monday I went back to work and it was like, you know, it was like conference call, like, you know, conference call after, you know how they are, right? Like conference call after conference oh, yeah. call after conference call. Oh yeah. And like after each one, I couldn't stop thinking like, I'm, I'm never going to get that hour back. I'm never going to get that hour back. And I remember by the fourth one, after the fourth one, I literally called up my boss and I was just like, I'm done. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean you're done? I'm that like, day. I go, I, I go, I don't know what I mean by I'm done, but I'm done. And yeah, he's like, well, did you get another job? I'm like, no. And he's like, well, what do you, like, what's going on? He's just, and I just told him, I was like, I just know that this isn't it. And the more time I spend doing this, it's going to prevent me from figuring out what it is. And so that was, that was it. Over the course of like 48 hours, I went from happy corporate professional to no job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened pretty fast. And yeah. so many people would probably stick with that for a long time being miserable or at least maybe starting something on the side. Very few people would, yeah. would walk in and say, I'm done. <laughs> so did you work something out with your boss? Did you, put in, did you actually put a notice? Did you leave? And the other question... I know a lot of people would be wondering is, uh, what was your financial situation look like? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Let's, let's dig into all that fun stuff. Let's get um, into it. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, basically, he basically was like, you know, like, let's not make any emotional decisions. Right. Let's connect at the end of this week again. If you're really done, great. Like, I will, I will take that. Mm. Right. But he's like, I don't want you to make any emotional decisions. So, yeah. you know, we waited out the week. Absolutely nothing changed to me. It really just like, it just solidified my decision even more. Mm-hmm. And you know, by the end of the week, I basically told him I was just like, it, I was like, it's this is it, we're done here. And I, I really loved my team that I worked with. I really loved my clients that I was working with. What I ended up doing is I ended up doing a, a two month notice because the end of our fiscal year was two months after that. Okay. So I ended up, and it was legitimately not about the money. I actually ended up if I had stayed an extra three weeks, I would have gotten like a massive bonus. But I was like, it wasn't about the money. It was about you know helping my team out which is interesting now looking back because probably looking back, I really like logically I should have stayed that extra two weeks because my financial situation was actually not that good. Yeah. Um, For somebody who made over $200,000 a year, you'd kind of expect that I had, you know, piles of cash lying around, but dude, let's be honest. I'm a millennial, right? Like (laughs) what do you think I did with that money I was making? I was traveling, right? I would, I would fly to Norway for a weekend. I'd go to, you know, I'd go to Tokyo. I was like, if I'm making more than all my friends are making, like, yeah, I'm going to use that money to enjoy right. life. And so, yeah. you know, I'd be the guy that bought a round of beers at the bar for like everybody at the bar. Wow. Um, but yeah, you so had, when I, you had, so you, you had fun with your money, but you also spent all I had, your money. Oh, I had a, I had a blast with my money. Like I would never take any of it back. Like, right. It was great. It was phenomenal. Right. But yeah, by the time I quit, I had about three months, uh, living expenses saved up. Okay. Uh, you did save some money. That's more than I had, I had a little bit of money. I had about three months living expenses saved up. Okay. But within, so one of the things that I, I knew, and, and this is kind of why I quit so suddenly, you know, that like I knew this to my core was the one, the one resource that is way more important than money is my time. Mm-hmm. My time is that one resource that I can never get back. It, you know, it, it, it's not something that you can replenish. Mm-hmm. Money, you can get more of. You can learn how to get more money. Right. But time, it doesn't work that way. And so, you know, my big thing was just like, that's the one resource that I wanted to stop wasting. And, and the money part, you know, I'll figure that out. But the interesting part was right after I quit, uh, one of the things that I knew was 
Uh, you know, you hear like, uh, you hear like Tony Robbins talk about like success leaves clues. You, you know, hear every, uh, successful person talk about mentorship. You hear every successful yep. about coaching. You know, like, uh, so one of my personal coaches is, uh, Jack Canfield. If you know, Jack Canfield, he's one of my personal mentors. Awesome. And one of the things that he talks about, he says, you know, his, one of his conversations with Oprah was like, he had two coaches at the time and he had a conversation with Oprah and asked Oprah how many coaches she had. She mm-hmm. said four. So he went home and hired three more coaches so that he could have more coaches <laughs> than Oprah. Okay. But that was, you know, that was one thing that I knew was, you know, I was going to invest in myself as soon as I got out of the corporate world. And yeah. so I basically spent every penny of that, that three months, three months living expenses within the first month, and then yeah. actually started to build up credit card debt over the next couple of months. Wow. So I spent all of it right away. And for me, it was, it was really interesting because I, there were so many people that told me not to do that. And it was especially scary after I had put myself into, you know, into some debt from college, right? And I had finally just paid that off. But for me, like the big, the big thing was like, it wasn't like I was buying shoes, right? You know, I had spent $100,000 to go through my college degree, which didn't necessarily set me on the path that I wanted to live. Why would I hesitate to, you know, invest in, you know, the, the training that would actually get me where I wanted to go? So when you said you were spending money, you were spending that money on coaches, on personal growth, on certification. What were you spending it on? All of the above. I knew that I knew I had a skill set that was worth a lot of money. I knew that I had knowledge, expertise, and passion that was worth, you know, that was very valuable to other people. And like everything that I had seen out there, like, you know, all these starting entrepreneurs going down, like a lot of them go down like content marketing paths and it takes them a few years to like get stuff building. Um, and one of the things that I, I knew, I was like, I, like, I have a lot to bring to the world and I know there's a way to turn up a business in just a few months with the value that I have. I just need to find what that recipe is. So I basically hired everyone. I, I went out there and I worked with, you know, all the best in the world from coaching perspectives to marketing, to copy, to business, to communications. I was, you know, in different programs with different coaches, different mastermind groups, uh, ended up spending around 35k within the first three months, I think. But it was because you know I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn everything so that I could take all these pieces and kind of put them together to make it work for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Where did you get that? I'm just what I'm struggling with is I know most people that come from the corporate world and think yeah. that if I'm going to go invest in learning, my company's going to invest in that for me, right? They're going to right. send training or something like that, and. You come from the background of traditional education, which I did the same thing, you know, went to undergrad, got my master's degree, believed strongly. And, you know, it was it was no problem to pay a bunch of money for traditional education, but thought it was crazy to invest a lot of money in personal growth. Like, what is that? Yeah. Um, of course, now I'm big into that world and investing money. I'm in mastermind groups, hired <laughs> coaches and that sort of stuff, too. But yeah, see the value of it. But a lot of people don't. So was there a, a switch that flipped somewhere too that convinced you that it was worth it to go spend a bunch of money on this? Did it come from that mentor you had or? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I, think, I think a lot of people actually do know it. Mm. They just lie to themselves and prevent themselves from doing it, mm-hmm. right? They hear, people, they hear people talking about, you know, investing in themselves and they hear successful fee- people like you, like, you're like, yeah, like I will literally spend this amount of money on my own personal education for yeah. every year for the rest of my life because I know how important it is now, right? Right. And if you really think about this whole idea of like success leaves clues, right? Yeah. Like one of, one of my favorite things that I tell people is like, you always learn from, from what I call the school of hard knocks, right? Yeah. You learn from success and you learn from failure. 
Yeah. Well, most people don't realize is you don't have to learn from just your success and your failure. Yeah. Right. So for example, when I, when I started to work with Jack Canfield, you, in, in my opinion, is one of the best teachers and educator, educators and coaches out there. You know, like I could, I could learn how to be a coach from the ground up, or I could go learn from this guy who spent the last 60 years refining his processes of how to get results for people. And I could take all of that knowledge and condense it into myself in a really short amount of time, right? It comes back to the whole idea. Like if, if time's my most important resource, right? What can I do to accelerate my learning? What can I do to get myself to that point yeah. in as short amount of time as possible? Yeah. It reminds me of uh, some, something I once heard about buying books. So I, I read a lot of books or try to try to read yeah. as much as I can, you know, from others, especially in kind of learning personal growth space. And sometimes I hesitate like, Oh, do I want to spend $15 on this book? And then someone said like, you realize you're paying $15 to get someone's entire life's experience and knowledge, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in one place that you can read in a few sittings. It's kind of amazing. Or, you know, a few hundred dollars to go to a seminar and, and listen to them. It's just a different but it's a different mindset. I also had a, a guest uh, a while back, a good friend of mine named Carrie Like, who is a real estate investor. And she had spent, you know, probably fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on an undergrad degree to become a massage therapist, which she hated. And then, <laughs> but since then she's spent, oh, that's normal. And since then she's probably spent 20,000 plus on uh, Tony Robbins seminars, you know, going to business master, yeah. stuff like that. And people think that she's crazy. Yeah, like, right. Different, different type of education, worth it for her. But just different. A lot of people. Yeah, that's, it's, you know, it's kind of sad that that's like the social and cultural imposed belief that we have. Right. Yeah. But I think one of the things that you're kind of seeing now and like the entirety of my company being called shit, you don't learn in college is like people are seeing that traditional education doesn't work. Like the traditional route that everybody's going, the quote unquote American dream that everybody's going down. Yeah. Right. Is not working. And so people are starting to catch wind of that. Like that's why so many people, you know, are, there's a massive movement of people that just don't want to go to college right now. Mm-hmm. Because they're noticing that why would, why would I want to put myself into $100,000 worth of debt with an uncertain outcome when 70% of recent college grads are either unemployed or working part-time jobs at like Starbucks or restaurants just to make ends meet. Yeah. Underemployed, yeah. Yeah, so like <laughs> people are starting to realize that that doesn't work anymore. So I think, I think the big thing is like people are noticing it, yeah. but the real problem that you kind of brought up is because of our social programming, because of our cultural programming, it's one thing to notice it. Right. It's a totally different thing to start to act on that, right? Exactly. So there's, I think there's a lot of people out there that know they need to invest in themselves, that know that it, it makes sense to do that, but they're scared, yeah. right? What if, it, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't get me the results? And then they go talk to their good friend about it and their good friend, they're you know, impacted by the same beliefs. So they're like, no, no way, don't do that, right? So now they're socially being told not to do it. Right. It's very difficult. You know, if you hang out with five people that don't want to do it, that are all scared, all living in fear, it's really hard to be that one person that breaks away from it. Oh yeah. Which speaks highly to who you surround yourself with, right? You know, absolutely. Uh, uh, the Jim Rohn quote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, or Tony Robbins says, we, we rise to the, uh, the average level of the peers we surround ourselves with. And so it's so important to surround yourself with those types of people. So going back to your story, you, you yeah. went and started investing all this money in <laughs> coaches and personal growth and learning. Yep which is fabulous. I admire it. It's really interesting. So where did that get you? And were you also, while we're talking about this, were you also, what types of people were you hanging around? Did you start to surround yourself with people who were 
higher achievers are doing things that you yeah. want to do. That, and that was, that was exactly what it was, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, not only, not only did I, I, I would go find the coaches. Like I knew, I, I knew that there was something I wanted to do. I quit my job because I knew that I wanted to inspire and empower others to do more and live from a place of purpose. I had no idea what the hell that meant, but that's what I knew I wanted to do. Um, so I knew that I'd, I needed to figure out, okay, how do I do that? Right? So actually one of the, you know, we talked about Jack. One of the first things that I did I literally, as soon as I quit, I took about three days, went and hung out with the family to like loosen up because I was a little bit terrified. But after I kind of came back to and like turned my phone back on, I, I just went on Google and I looked up Jack Canfield phone number and I called up Jack's office and I said, hey, my name's Xander Fryer. I just quit my job. Can I come hang out with you guys? And it was, you know, so I had loved Jack's books. I loved Success Principles and all the other things he had written. I just resonated with him and I knew that, you know, if anybody could give me an idea of whatever next steps I needed, it could be him. And so after about a 30 minute conversation with, uh, with his director of operations, I had a flight out to Arizona to go hang out with him and his executive team for the next few weeks, learn really? everything that I needed to learn. It all kind of stemmed from, you know, just having the, the cojones to ask for it. Um, so he was, he was one of them. That was a major influence for me. Um, and then I have to ask, yeah. sorry, but because that's pretty amazing right there. I mean, first of all, you picked up the phone and called them. A lot of people probably wouldn't do that. You, you a lot empathy. of people would reject themselves before. They'd be like, oh yeah, they'll never talk to me, right? They'll never talk to me. This is never going to happen, right? But yeah. I was just like, what's, what's the worst? I'm getting what's the worst that can happen, right? So, right. but then you got that invitation to hang out Canfield there. Now, I'm not hanging out, hanging out with Jack Canfield now. If I get on the phone and they reject me, I'm still not hanging out with him. That's true. So. <laughs> You're still in the same place. You started <laughs> I'm still with. in the exact same spot, so it doesn't matter. You can't knock you down to a lower. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you, but you did get that invitation, which is awesome. I have, I mean, I want to ask the, the a little more detail on that. Was that something where you were paying to go hang out with them, or some type of internship where they yeah. were just like, "Hey, come hang out." So I basically I paid for my flight, I paid for my uh, hotel stay, I went out there to for one of their trainings that were they were doing, and that one was free, so I had a scholarship for that. Okay. But then I ended up, you know, learning so much that I ended up buying all sorts of shit all to continue stuff. on with them. Cool. Because um, right. I learned so much and it was so resonant with who I was. So it worked out well for them and you. Exactly. Right. I think, you know, when they got on the phone with me, they were just like, this kid, this kid's doing something with or without us. Like we might as well like have yeah. him be a part of us. Right. Get him in here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, he was a major influence for me. You know, one of my, one of my good friends and mentors now, I, I have a book out with him. Mm. Um, so he's been amazing. I, I, so you mentioned you know, like including myself in those groups. So I joined mastermind groups that were, you know, of entrepreneurs that were already six and seven figure earners. And I, I paid my way into those. Right. And so I didn't have a business. I had no idea what I was doing, but I paid my way into those mastermind groups so that I could hang out with those people and learn from their decades of experience so that I didn't have to learn from the ground up. Yeah, that's so important. So you, how did you find those mastermind groups? Those other things that you were joining, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, so I, a couple of them, I, I had just been very intentional about getting the word out about what I was, you know, quote unquote, trying to do. And people started to connect me with other people that they knew, like might be in the industry or might be, you know, they've been working on branding and, and doing this and ended up basically getting connected to several different people that ran mastermind groups and programs and just having conversations with them and learning, you know, from them specifically about how they built their online businesses, what it took to become an entrepreneur, you know, whether in different spaces, whether it was marketing or sales or, you know, like I, I learned, obviously learned a ton about online businesses from different people, but it was, a lot of it was just verbally getting the word out about what I, not being afraid to tell people what I was doing, even though I had no idea what I was doing. 
Yeah. So people would ask, what are you doing? I'd be like, honestly, I don't know, but I'm going to help people. Yeah. I, I want to coach. I'm going to build some form of online business. Do you know anyone that can help me out? Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. I mean, I, I've coached a lot of people on this or, or shared this advice. It's very basic, but a lot of people want Simple. to start something. They have this goal, this, this dream, but they don't even tell their friends. They're not telling anyone. Yeah. I'm like, how can people help you if you don't tell them? But by you going, you going out and just and sharing think, it with everyone. You know, it was, it was really funny because I, you know, one of, my, one of my really good friends and mentors, it, by the way, this was only like, you know, 12 to 18 months ago. This was not that long ago. Right. You know, one of my really good friends who's an entrepreneur that, you know, kind of like it prides himself on like building a, a network and everything like that and mm. having all these connections. He kind of asked me, he's like, how the hell did you do that so quickly and meet all these people? And I was like, I literally just asked everyone all the time. Yeah. And because of that, people could see my passion. They could see that I was, I wanted to do this. I was going to make it happen one way or another. And they just start connecting me to people. And people don't talk about that. First of all, yes, very important. <laughs> that you're like asking people the question, you're sharing information, you're making connections, probably not asking people for things, but, but leading no. with, with helping others. But the other thing in there that people don't talk about is you were willing to pay for admission, right? To go to seminars, oh, yeah. to pay coaches, to pay for stuff. Because when you get to the higher echelons, you want to get around certain influencers, certain people. They don't really have time to talk to anybody but clients or people who are paying you know, for their services. I've found that and I've talked to other friends who have found that as well. So Absolutely. part of the game. 100%. I think that, you know, that was, that was a big realization for me. Right. And it was like, yeah, you're, you're dead on though. Right. It's like, those people are like, their time is incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get part of the time, they want to know that you're committed. Right. Because that's yeah. the other thing is like a lot of people that really have that kind of knowledge and experience, they could tell you one sentence and that one sentence could change your entire life. Yeah. But if you're not listening and you're not committed to executing on it, yeah. you're not going to see the results. And so they don't, they don't want to have those conversations with people that aren't listening, that aren't committed to committing, you know, communicating that and executing on it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, that's, I think that's one of the things that I noticed. It's like, you know, this is me showing you like, Hey, I'm committed to like that one sentence that comes out of your mouth. I'm going to put that into action and you're going to see that I'm going to get the results from it. And I think that's a big reason why I've gotten to where I'm at in such a short amount of time. You know, I've spent, geez, over the last 18 months, I've probably spent somewhere between $100,000 and $150,000 on my own training. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's awesome. So where has that gotten you? Tell me, tell me where you are now. I mean, we've, sure, we've had a lot yeah. of build up to, I know you were trying to help people get into some type of coaching and I know yeah. you've done that. So, so tell me about the business you have. Yeah, it, st it started that. off, it was, it was interesting. It started off as just kind of generic success coaching, helping people find purpose and, and their passions because um, I, yeah, I noticed that probably like 95% of our world is just unclear on them, right? Because they're following what everybody else has told them to do. Just like, you know, I, I wanted to save myself from a year prior, basically. And so I started off with that, you know, success coaching business and was actually able to turn that into a six-figure business in about four months. So like right after I had kind of hit all the limits on all my credit cards, I actually turned in, you know, I think I got my first like 12K in a month or something like that. And so started to actually have a business. And it ended up going up, going up about 50% month after month after that. And we ended up, what I noticed is, you know, I ended up getting that business running. And because I had, like we talked about, because I had built this network of entrepreneurs, coaches, and everybody else that was trying to build six-figure businesses around their passion, they watched me do it in about four months. They're like, what the hell? Like, we've been trying to do this for like three to four years. What did you just do? And so 
I started to show people how to do that. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's going to work for you, but let's give it a roll and see. And I would go do that with a couple of people and it worked. And so I started to realize that I had like a very unique recipe to helping entrepreneurs get their businesses up and running. And, you know, even if they didn't have a big brand or a big audience, get their businesses up and running in a few short months instead of three to five years. And so I started to work specifically with entrepreneurs and coaches to help them get their, their businesses up and running in a couple of short months. And we saw that business grow significantly. And in about, I think it was our 12th, 12th month, we actually had our first six-figure month. So now I've got a team of six. We've got, you know, we've got that program. We've got a, a mastermind group that we do. Been traveling the world. I just, you know, just got back from Australia in Tulum. Just got done with, you know, a few months ago, got done with my, uh, my best-selling book with Jack Canfield. So now we're just kind of taking it to the next level, just scaling it up. I'm working on getting to more people. I mean, the entire idea of shit you don't learn in college is kind of like what I talked about. The, the old paradigm doesn't work, right? So people want to live a fulfilling, purposeful, happy life where they're, you know, making good money, but having a better impact on the world. And the current education system doesn't teach you how to do that. So basically, our goal is to redesign the education system for people to be able to build that life for themselves. Awesome. Interesting. So now you develop programs to help people with that. Is your, so your main target, your, your most common client are entrepreneurs, coaches who are, you know, maybe have yeah. some expertise. They've built a little bit of a business, but they're trying to figure out how do they grow to that? How do they accelerate that and get to a, a regular six-figure business? Exactly. Yeah. So we work, we work with a lot of like wellness experts, a lot of coaches that have this knowledge, have this passion, have this expertise. You know, most of the time they've spent a lot of money getting to that point on their own training, getting there, mm -hmm. but they just don't know how to turn it into a business and actually have the biggest problem is they don't know how to have the impact they want to have. Right. Mm -hmm. So really like what we see is like your business is actually the mechanism that allows you to have that impact and bring this gift to the world. Right. And so all these, you know, all these experts and all these coaches, the reason they get all this training, the reason they work on all this expertise and this knowledge is because, you know, they actually want to get it out to the world and then they don't know how to get it out to the world. And that's the biggest problem that we see. So they're fine in getting educated in that. They're just not good at getting it out to the world. So that's really what we've been hitting on strongly. Really cool. So you've, you've developed this formula. You've obviously found a lot of success in becoming a coach, helping other entrepreneurs build their businesses, other coaches build their businesses. What's the biggest mistake that you made along the way, Xander? Because you've done a lot of cool stuff. You've oh. invested in yourself a lot. You've made a lot of great connections. You made a couple rash decisions that worked out really <laughs> well for you. But yeah. what's, what's one of the bigger mistakes that you made on this journey? It, it, it's, it's interesting because I look back on this journey and I actually don't consider anything a mistake. There have been things that did not turn out the way that I wanted them to. What are, yeah, what are some things that didn't turn out how you planned, but that you learned yeah. a lot from? How about that? Yeah. So like, for example, right? So we, we've talked about investing in ourselves and we've talked about all that. Mm -hmm. I think this is everybody's biggest fear about investing in themselves is they're going to yeah. invest in something that doesn't work. Or they're going to invest do in anything. something yeah. that doesn't do anything. I did that. And I spent... I think it was somewhere between twelve and fifteen thousand dollars on this one. This was like a big one. Yeah. And going through it, Is this like I a learned workshop or seminar or training or something. Or? Yeah. So it was it was a program slash mastermind type thing. And going through it, I actually, it's not that it it's not that it was a bad training. Yeah. It just was exactly what I didn't want to do. If that makes oh, sense. Okay. And 
I look back at it and, you know, people ask me like, what was, what was the best thing, you know, what was the best program you invested in? What was the best mastermind group or the best coach that you had? Um, and obviously I'm not going to name names, but it would be that one. Huh. Like if I were to go back and I were to do it again. Yeah. I would do that one again. Really? It taught me everything that I didn't want to do. Huh. Interesting. So that was, it's, it's so, yeah, you're right. It's so interesting looking back at that because that was actually by far the biggest learning lesson program or, or mastermind group that I was a part of yeah. because I learned everything that I, I absolutely did not want to do. Yeah. And, and I would have time, never gone, you, you probably invested in that because you thought it was something you did want to do, right? Exactly. So it was frustrating at the time, I'm sure. Oh, it was, it was terrifying. And it was frustrating, yeah. especially by the end of the program and being like, I just sank $15,000 into this that I don't have. And I am nowhere closer to being where I want to go because of it. And that was absolutely terrifying to me. But I think, you know, it was, um, I think it's Robert Kiyosaki that says, you know, being decisive is one of the most important skills of an entrepreneur because even the wrong decision is better than no decision. If you make the wrong decision, at least you learn it's wrong. Yeah. Indecision, really indecision is what breeds failure. Indecision breeds doubt, breeds fear, and then fear breeds stagnation. And then you just don't do anything. Yeah. But if you just move forward, even if you spend $15,000 on something that you learn is not what you want to do. Yeah. Now, you know, like I could have spent, I could have spent the next three years going down that path, Mm -hmm. learning that. But instead I learned it in a very short amount of time with about, you know, with the help of about 15 grand. Yeah. Hey, it could be worse. I mean, you could spend $80,000 on law school and decide that you don't want to be a lawyer. (laughs) A lot of people do that. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how many people that I've worked with that had like just, you know, like just received their admission for an MBA or law school or uh-huh. something like that. And we start working with them. They're like, I was literally just doing this because I was lost and confused. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, I just called and canceled it. I'm not paying, you know, the $80,000 or the $100,000 for this because I don't need, I was just doing it because I didn't know what to do next. Yeah. It's interesting. So you're, you're out there talking to a lot of people working with entrepreneurs and coaches What's the biggest mistake that you see them making, especially trying to transition into being out on their own? Is it this indecision or not doing anything or is it there more? Indecision, indecision is definitely a big one. And you can kind of tell from my story, like that was, that was the one thing that I was not, I was not. Yeah. You didn't have that issue. Right. Like that was, so like for me, that was like one of the one things that I can like honestly say was one of the major reasons why I was able to be so successful so fast. I remember, I remember my mom asking me, she was absolutely terrified when I quit my job, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I remember my mom asking me about 30 days after I quit and you're like, Xander, like, what do you even do? And I told her, I said, well, every day I wake up, I try something new. Yeah. I fuck it up. Yeah. I learn from my mistake and yeah. I do it better the next day. But it was just like, I'm going to just make decisions and keep moving forward and learning, like focusing on that growth mindset of just learning from it and getting better from it uh, was what got me there. So I would say, I would, I would say indecision is definitely one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest one. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people just get, you know, they get stuck in their comfort zone, right? And they get, they, especially in like the coaching space, they get comfortable learning, right? A lot of people that get into personal development or wellness or anything like that, they get comfortable learning more. Yeah. Right. And so they just want to keep learning more and getting better at their craft. And they get very comfortable doing that Mm -hmm. rather than just taking action down the path of getting it out there, right. Getting out of their comfort zone to build the impact and build the business and actually have that impact and bring that value to people because it's not something they're used to. Um, so that indecision is a big part of it. I would also say, you know, if I, if I were to define 
like the biggest signifier that I notice like successful people versus like unsuccessful people, like in the coaching space or entrepreneurial space. Yeah. Give it to me. Uh, every, every decision that you make comes from one of two places. Hmm. It comes from either purpose or it comes from fear. And every, you know, every, literally every decision, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, the more you learn to make those decisions from a place of purpose rather than a place of fear, the more successful you are, the happier you are, the more fulfilled you are, the faster you move forward, right? And I think that's kind of what allowed me to be decisive was I would, you know, I would ask myself before every decision, is this decision a decision? And this all came from my mentor, right? My mentor basically pointing out that the only reason I was in my corporate job was because I was afraid. And so he pointed out to me that pretty much every decision I make, if I'm making it from a place of fear, it's going to keep me in my hell. If I make it from a place of purpose, it's going to take me towards my dream that I actually want to live. Yeah. Um, so every decision I made, no matter how big, no matter how small, I would ask myself, is this fear that's driving this or is this purpose that's driving this? And I made some really, really quote unquote dumb decisions doing that, but every single one of them led me in the right direction. Yeah. That's so interesting because uh, I hadn't heard it put that way before, but I know most people do make decisions for those two reasons. And a lot more often it's, it's because it's of fear. fear to avoid pain, right? So I've been in right? sales for a long time. You, you learn when you get really good in, into sales that people pay a lot more money for painkillers than they do for vitamins. Right. right. So help someone discover their pain. And it's, it's the sad truth, right? right? Yeah. And if you help someone discover their pain, they're a lot more willing to pay or do something about it, which is why... Uh, and you probably see this, right? So many people who want to become coaches struggle because they want to find that. And I've, I've been there. They want to find that ambitious person who's doing well, but, but wants to take their life to the next level, but they're already doing pretty well. So there's a lot of people, unless they're in that personal growth space, they're not as willing to go out and pay a bunch of money for coaching as they might be for therapy if their life is terrible, right? Right. Well, hundred, hundred percent. Trying to fix something. Yeah. And you know, like one of the things that I noticed, you know, coming back to that, like fear versus purpose, like one of the things that I noticed about like the, all the starting entrepreneurs and all the like starting coaches and wellness experts out there, they say they want to help people. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is going to sound really mean. They say they want to help people, but the truth is they're being really selfish and all they're focusing on is their self. Hmm. They're afraid of rejection where you're concerned with yourself, you're focused on yourself. They're afraid of failure. You're concerned with yourself. They're afraid of people not like, like sales, right? People not liking them if they come off salesy. You're That's concerned right. with yourself. Mm -hmm. All of it is concerned. It's all incredibly selfish. You say that you want to help people, <laughs> but every decision, literally every decision that that person makes yep. is coming from a place of self-centered focus, yep. right? And it's the people that realize that are like, dude, it, it was never about me. It's not about me. There's somebody out there crying themselves to sleep that needs my help mm -hmm. and they're not getting help because I'm worried about what color my logo should be because I don't want people to miss. It's, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. There's literally somebody crying themselves to sleep and you're sitting here worried about like, I don't want to ask this person if they want to hop on the phone and possibly work with me. Right. Or they're not putting it out there because they're worried about being well, judged, right? Being judged or failing or being rejected. You're, it's it, like, literally, that's my biggest, clearly, this is, a, this is an issue for me. Yeah. That's my biggest pet peeve is like yeah. all these experts out there that have such amazing gifts to give. Yeah. And they don't because they say that they're selfless. They say they want to help people. Mm -hmm. But literally every decision they make is coming from fear and it's focused on themselves. 
Do you also see these coaches or experts being a little bit hypocritical? And I, and I've been victim of this in that they, they want people to hire them as a coach, but they're not willing to hire coaches or pay 100%. for 100%. Yeah. 100%, right? Like my, <laughs> I, I think it's something like 95, 95% of life coaches will never make more than like $40,000 a year. Hmm. 19 out of 20. Yeah. And like, to me, like, I know that life coaching is actually something that needs to be brought, you know, to the masses. Right. A lot of people could benefit from hiring a life coach. A ton of people could benefit from it. Right. But 95% of life coaches will never be able to make that happen. And it's not because they're not good. Yeah. It's because they're not actually living what they're preaching, right? It's one thing to understand things intellectually and teach it to others. It's a totally different thing to live it. Mm. You know, there's like that, the, like your subconscious brain is like 95% of your brain, yeah. right? So that 5% thinking you could consciously understand stuff, yeah. but living it is totally different. They're not doing the stuff. They're not investing. They're not doing the stuff. They're, they're like the fat personal trainer I see. At the right. it's, so it, the, the way that I, because obviously I work with a lot of, yeah, that's a fat personal trainer. <laughs> um, I've seen it. I'm like, come on. You're like, how is this happening right now? There's no way. But you know, like, one of the things, one of the things that I have to tell every single client that I work with, as they you know come work with me, because I work with a lot of like some of the best in the world. They're they're doctors. They're PhDs. They're been you know they've been coaching for however many years, whatever it is, right? They're very knowledgeable in this space. One of the things I have to tell them is knowledge isn't power. Right. If it was every universe, every university would be, you know, the most powerful institution in the world, but they're not. Knowledge is potential power, right? Knowledge is actually the mortal enemy of mastery if you don't implement it. And 95% of the coaches out there don't implement it. If you're telling people that they need to invest in themselves and take their accountability seriously to make these things change, you better damn well be certain that you do the same thing, right? Because they're watching you. They can see if you're actually living what you preach. That's awesome. I'm just taking notes over here because it's yeah, no uh, worries. Man. This is good stuff. Do um, I need to charge you for this session, Andy? <laughs> I, I, you know, I had a coach on the other day, and uh, probably air before this one, who actually flipped the tables and he coached me for a little while. It was really fun. Oh, that's awesome. Maybe uh, I need to start a podcast. I, there you go. It's a good idea. I I like this stuff. This episode of the Entrepreneur Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. At Advantage, we offer creative learning solutions that can help accelerate leadership development, business acumen, sales performance, and business results. Our clients say we're imaginative, collaborative, insightful, and fun. For more info, visit AdvantagePerformance.com or call us at 415 925 Six eight three two, and now back to the show. A couple, a couple more questions I want to ask you before you go. One sure. is, you've invested a ton in personal growth and coaching in seminars and stuff. I know you said you're not going to name names, maybe of particular coaches, but people listening, they're getting fired up, like, oh, I need to go do some stuff. What do you have general guidance there? And are, are there any workshops, seminars you've been to that you can mention that were especially yeah. impactful that you'd recommend people go to, like a like a Tony Robbins, UPW. One, yeah, one, 100%. Let me see. The first thing that I would say, and this is, you know, this is not to knock the books thing, but yeah. the first thing that I would say kind of goes back to that knowledge isn't power, yeah. right? If you get a book that really resonates with you, don't just read the book and then move on to the next one. Implement the book, right? Like you, like 
just like you mentioned, you could actually pay 15 bucks. Look, there's great. The reason that like all these seminars are great is because they're transformational. They get you into action. They create the change that you need to have. If you're low, if you're low on income and you don't want to be batshit crazy like Xander and spend a ton of money on stuff, you actually can get the same growth from a book if you choose to. Right. If you choose not just to read the book, but to implement the book, right? And that means like you're reading through it and you get to page 10 and it says, do this exercise. How many, like how many times has somebody been like, oh yeah, I'll do this one later. And then you keep reading because yeah, you, you want to do it. Right. No, no, no. Stop. Do the exercise. The stop sign in the book. Stop. 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 Do this exercise. Do the exercise. Yeah. Right. Now move forward, right? Yeah. You know, that was, that was one thing that I noticed because I think a lot of like, a lot of the reason I got to where I was at while I was in the corporate world, I read a lot of books, mm. but it wasn't just to read. I actually read them and implemented them as I was going. And I always wondered, you know, I would give great books to people and then like, they wouldn't do anything with it, right? And I was like, well, how did that not change your life the way that it changed mine? They're like, oh yeah, it was a great book, but I already know all that stuff. And I was like, but why aren't you doing anything with right. it? And so that's what I realized is a lot of people have this knowledge, but they don't implement it. That's probably my first suggestion is like, you probably have like three or four books on your bookshelf right now that you're not implementing. And if you implemented that book and you know which book it is, everybody out there, you know exactly which book it is. Yeah. Go grab that book, reread it and implement every single step as you go through it. So that's probably my first piece of advice there. Obviously, when it comes to like success coaching, you know, in my opinion, Jack Canfield, there's nobody better than Jack Canfield, right? I'm great. I'm amazing. But when it comes to, you know, generic success coaching, life coaching, he's the best in the world. So if you haven't checked him out, definitely check him out. And obviously, you know, if you're, if you're somebody that's interested in getting your business up and running in a short amount of time, you can check out our training as well. Is it cool if I give a little plug for our training? We got a free masterclass online if that's cool. Dude, of course. I was going to ask you at the end anyway, sure. so go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to check out our training, you can go to xanderfryer.com forward slash go. So we have a free masterclass online and we'll run you through basically, you know, the five steps that all of our successful clients use to turn their knowledge, expertise, and passion into six-figure businesses, even if they don't have big brands or audiences. So you can go to xanderfryer.com forward slash go. So I'm a big fan on, you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of money right away if you implement and execute, right? So you can, you can read these books, you can go check out our free training and you'll get stuff that you can execute right away. Mm. And then you'll know, okay, where do I need to invest to fill my gaps, right? And so that, that's kind of, you know, it all depends on what you're looking at to fill your gaps and, and you kind of get that clarity. And from there, again, don't be afraid to go reach out and invest wherever you need to invest. Awesome. Cool. The, the last question is kind of pull from probably a lot of things that we, we talked about, but for anybody that's thinking about making that jump, that leap right now from corporate world to becoming an entrepreneur, what's yeah. the biggest piece of advice you give the first thing they should be doing? Is it, you know, investing in some of this personal growth stuff? Is it just talking to people? What, what's the first thing they should be doing? Oh man. You know, I like, I, I always want to be respectful of like, you know, everybody's at their own place and they've got their own fears and their own everything that comes up. But I will tell you right now, we've helped, we've helped a lot of people quit their jobs. And I, every single time, it doesn't matter how ready you are or how prepared you are. Every single time somebody quits their job for the right reasons, it's the best day of their life. Every, so like my, my advice would just be, you know, take whatever time you need to right now to like really hone in, like, okay. And like get yourself okay with it and then just do it and be committed, 
be committed to figuring it out, right? Even so what I tell everybody is like, believe that it's possible. Believe that that dream life that you're, you want to live is possible. I don't believe like whether you believe in God or the universe or mother earth or whatever higher power, divine nature you believe in. I don't believe that that, you know, higher power would give us these dreams. Like, I don't believe it's a cosmic jokester that would give us these dreams and then no way of actually achieving them. Right. Like that, that'd be really messed up. So So believe, yeah, you got to believe that that dream is actually possible. And even if you don't fully believe that that dream is possible, believe in your commitment and resolve to figure it out. Right. Cause when I quit, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, like this much, like absolute zero idea what I was doing, but I was committed to figuring it out one way or another. And that decision was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. And everyone that we talked to that, you know, we help quit doesn't matter if they've already got a six figure business up and running or they, you know, they're still figuring it out. They're right in the beginning stages of figuring it out. It's always the best decision that they've ever made. Awesome. Xander, this has been so interesting. I know we already got it from you, but for people that want to reach out to you, that want to find out more about what you've got going on uh, and maybe sign up for your training, give us that website one more time. Sure. Absolutely. So it's xanderfryer.com forward slash go. That's Z-A-N-D-E-R-F-R-Y-E-R.com forward slash go. Awesome. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you, is that the best way to go or is there another way? Yeah, that's, that's the best way to go. If you guys want to reach out to me, uh, you know, at Xander Fryer on Instagram as well, you can check me out there. So at Xander Fryer, but that's probably one of the best routes. You get some free training in there and you can reach out to us from there. If you want to reach out to me directly, just do it on Instagram. Got it. Love it. Xander, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This has been awesome. It's been inspiring and motivating for me. Hopefully it's been for our guests as well. And uh, I hope some of them reach out to connect with you. And uh, it's been great learning for you today. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. This was a blast, Andy. Thank you for having me. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. You can find more information at entrepreneurhotseat.com or my personal website, andystorch.com. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And if you have any questions or comments, or if you are looking for ways to take your life and business to the next level, you can send me an email to andy at andystorch.com. Take care.